0: Hello and welcome to the Film Ireland podcast. I'm Gemma Cray and I'm chatting with Chris Baugh. So he is the director of Blinder Film's fantastic new horror, uh, The Boys from County Hell, which is in cinemas now across Ireland and the UK. So thanks so much for chatting with us. Thanks for having me. So Boys from County Hell is a really, really, really fun film and a kind of a, a nice kind of intergenerational spat taken to a supernatural level. So I was just wondering if you could just tell us a little bit about the plot, if that's okay.
1: Oh, the plot involves um, a group of Irish workmen. Uh, and at the center of, of, of those guys is like a, this bickering father and son called Francie and Eugene Moffat, and they live in a little town called Six Mile Hill. And the people of Six Mile Hill believe that there's, you know, that Bram Stoker got the uh, the original inspiration for, for Dracula from their local legend of Abertac. Um, whether that's true or not, no one really knows. But they sure believe it, and you know, feel annoyed that no one gives them the credit for it. Uh, anyway, they get they, they they're 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 building a bypass through the um through the town, and the guys, you know, led by Francie and Eugene, end up kind of knocking over the cairn where the supposed body of Abertac is, and uh, start to figure out exactly what's real and what's not real whenever it comes to the the local legend in the town.
0: So tell me a little bit about where the story came from. So it's yourself and the co-writer, Brendan Mullen. So how do you guys work together?
1: Well, you know, the story, it's actually funny. It, it came from, like, me, like, way, way early in my career when I was writing scripts and stuff and and coming up with ideas, wanting to do... Like, I was always a big genre fan, um, and I wanted to do, like, a genre movie, and I wanted to write genre films, and... It, it was, it was actually, I've talked about this in other places, but it, it's probably interesting to talk about it here in Film Ireland. It was. I remember seeing I Went Down, like whenever I was probably 19, 20, and just being blown away by that movie, by how good it was, and the idea that you could do something like that that was so inherently Irish, but was also in the architecture of genre. Like it was a real visceral, fun gangster film that you could imagine playing anywhere in the world but also the humor was so specific to here um, and Gleason especially in his performance in that is like like the surly kind of just rugged Irish dude like who had these great lines and I remember seeing I go I would love to do something like that but specific to like Tyrone or sort of Mid-Ulster where I'm from where I grew up and that was really like one of the sort of you know major moments for me and early in the career was was seeing that movie thinking about doing films in that kind of way and then boys from pretty hell was sort of born out of that because i always loved I was like fun to do a vampire film and then the idea of you know workmen and 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 kind of these these roughshod guys who like would treat killing vampires in the same way they would treat doing overtime on the site you know just with annoyance you know i just thought there would be there would be an interesting um there'd be an interesting story there and interesting humor to to mine out of that so that was the that was the original sort of
0: genesis of the project and what's your partnership like with brendan so i'm always interested in the dynamics of of sort of that creative process because it works so differently in between yeah
1: well we met many many years ago and we you know whenever the sort of the industry in northern ireland was sort of starting to kick into gear and we were both trying to make short films and write scripts and all that kind of thing we just had a shared like a very shared sensibility he loved genre as well and we talked you know it was it this idea of trying to do these kinds of films here So we just, we wrote scripts together. Um, I was always going to be the director and Brandon would produce and we kind of, but we wrote the stories together. Sometimes we would write scripts scripts together. Sometimes we would just write the story together and I would go off and write a script or he writes his own scripts separately as well. Um, And then really like, you know, sort of approaching 30, I don't know, maybe it was an early midlife crisis. We were both working in in other kind of companies, you know, making a good living and you know, I was working for a kid's TV company as a head of development and he was working as a development guy. And we were just like, we're going to do this for real. Cause we always wanted to make features. Um, so it was like, we, we, we quit our jobs and started Six Mile Hill. And the idea was, like I say, to do these sort of Irish genre films or Northern Irish genre films. And the way we work like is for, for, for any script, we'll just, sit, we'll sit in the room in front of a whiteboard and, uh, Sort of break it down for weeks and months like that's what we did with our first film bad day for the cut we just sat there and looked at the whiteboard and kind of broke it all down and then whenever we start writing we'll um we we'll usually take sections you know so we'll have like almost a treatment for the for the entire film and then i'll take maybe the first act he'll take you know the last act and then we'll split the middle or something something like that um but usually that's gonna
0: how it works cool so just and a little bit about the genesis so i'm always interested to when funders come on board so Mm -hmm. like because i think that is like that is the first big like you have your script but everyone has a script but like when you get your when you get started with the money then it's real like then then it's happening so when did you guys start of get yeah get northern ireland screen screen ireland
1: yeah well boys from County, out it was it was kind of a a long one. I'll try and be brief about it. But with Boys from County Hell, I wrote it like I say years and years and years ago. I wrote the first draft of it. It's very very different now, but that was all. It was always going to be too big of a film, you know, logistically for me to do as a first feature. So brief. What we did was we went off. and We shot this proof of concept short, um, in like 2013, and um, just to give a flavour of the humour and the tone and the kind of actors and the characters and all that kind of thing. And we expected to like shoot that proof of concept, go out to Cannes show it to funders and they would give us like £3 million to go and make it. That didn't happen, obviously, thankfully, because I don't think we were ready at that point. But, you know, so Northern Ireland Screen ha- were on board at that point and they had helped develop the short and they were helping us, you know, develop the feature script. Um, we showed
0: the and short. Did they do- pair you with script editors?
1: Yeah, they had a script editor, yeah. They they had a script editor, like an in-house script editor, you know, who's called Steve Brooks, who worked with us in the script. And that was a very helpful process. We went through many drafts of it. And actually,
0: just out of curiosity, how much changed? Like, what are the areas that you guys, because obviously, I think that's the same with all writers. Like, you'd have an area that you're like, OK, I have that covered, but then this area needs deepening or structuring or...
1: I think it was really the, 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 the myth of Avertak kind of discovering that after a couple of drafts and building that into the story and trying to come up with our own kind of mythology based on that. Um, and really just trying to develop the, 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 the relationships between the characters and specifically the relationship between Francie and Eugene. So, you know, that all kind of changed and, and hopefully deepened over the years. I mean, the first draft had St. Patrick in it, fighting vampires. So that gives you a sense of how, you know, how different it was in the, in the very first draft. But, um, but so we, after the short, we realized, you know, we wouldn't be able to just probably do it as a Northern Ireland production. It was too big. So we actually, we, we paired with Blinder Films um, and Katie, Holly and Yvonne Donahue down there. And then that's, you know, Screen Ireland came on board at that point. And still it was, you know, everyone kind of liked the project, but it was still a little too high budget to do for me as a first time filmmaker. So I went off and made another movie called Bad Day for the Cut. Me and Brendan did that for our company and we had some success with that. And then after we did that, basically we were able to to go out and get that last chunk of money um, from american funders from endeavor content um, through our sort of manager in in in, in la and um, it kind of moved quite fast after that so once you get the first one done really like the first feature then the next it become it doesn't become easy but it becomes easier i guess to raise money for for the next one and get the next one going
0: interesting so like that as well like how long did so you you had to go take your the proof of concept the script existed before 2013 but your proof of context concept short was in 2013 like what was the timeline then so you're you're developing the script in the background
1: yeah like from 2013 to like now like I say me and Brendan we started our company we have loads of other projects that we were developing you know we made some tv things you know i went off and directed some tv like when you're an independent filmmaker you have to have as you know like a bunch of plates spinning like so we had all these projects that were going we were trying to do stuff in la we we're out there pitching stuff and boys from county Hell was just one of the projects on the slate that we always had but it was always a passion project for me because it was so personal and you know it was one of the first ideas that, that kind of you know we'd had together and worked on together so it was always there and we never you know we never thought it wouldn't happen it was just like it'll happen eventually it'll happen when 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 it's right you know um and that's sort of sort of the way it, it worked like i think with any kind of indie filmmakers out right there like i would say always have three or four scripts three or four projects going because you never know which one's going to know which one's going to get the green light
0: i don't know what's on people's slates as well if you're dealing with other Mm -hmm. outside producers like it might suit them whatever
1: 100 percent. yeah
0: yeah so that sounds like a like a long slide but it is that's the labor of love and you can definitely see that when you're watching it it's very say emotionally truthful and well-rounded which makes it easy to watch even if like i wouldn't necessarily be the most best informed for the genre like i and I, I'm not not familiar with horror films, but I actually think it's so... The, the people that are into horror, that are really into horror, so into it. They have like an encyclopedic knowledge. I think it's a really hard one to crack unless you have that kind of wealth of knowledge about it because the fans are so... that uh, They're so well-informed. Like, there's no getting yeah. the wool over horror fans' eyes. Like, if there's anything that's... So, so how did you navigate that? Like, what were your... Inspirations.
1: Um, yeah, I think like you're you're completely right. Yeah, but at a certain point, I think you just have to, you know, concentrate on the, like you are inspired by other things, and you know, for us, like one of the films that we loved was Dog Soldiers, and and just the sense of humor in that film, but also the real visceral sort of action sequences and the way the guys kind of reacted to the situation they were in. Um, you know, I love early Peter Jackson as well, obviously, and John Carpenter and all that kind of stuff. And that's, it it sort of feeds in, into what you're trying to do. But, um, at a certain point you just have to like focus on the story that you're trying to tell and hope that that connects with, with people and try to make it as unique to your sensibility as, as possible. And for me, it was, you know, the biggest thing was like trying to make this feel like it could be in... The backwoods of Mid Ulster somewhere, and the, these characters sound and act the way people there would if they were involved in this heightened supernatural situation. Because I love whenever I see movies, no matter where they're from in the world, and it feels like there's an authentic, you know, sense of place there. And even like you know, even even if we have some people in other parts of the world who might not understand like everything that Francie's saying, for example, I think people people can tell that it's it's real. You know, we're not compromising. Uh, on that and for better or for worse that was that was the way i wanted to do it and um i was lucky that i was i was allowed to do it like that by the financiers and and everyone you know i I feel very very grateful like i'm lucky that um i you know i was able to make the film exactly how i want
0: yeah and and that's that's actually the good selling point as well like is those emotional time dy- dynamics because um, it does feel very truthful like between the the friend groups between like the like that that kind of personal and and the the characters themselves like like so they're obviously based on real people or composites of real people because they have that sense to them um Not. I mean not
1: specific. I think just more like a general kind of like I wouldn't say that they're composites of like one or two or three people that I know but it's more just you know, I, I I grew up from seven years old in, 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 in Tyrone, like, and, you know, there's a turn of phrase down there and a way of going on that people have, you know, certain people that's, that can just be very, very funny mm. and a way of reacting to, you know, hor- horror or, 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 or hard situations, you know, that can be very, very funny and very deadpan. And, a, and so I would say it was that kind of character that fed, it specifically with Francie, you know, um, I definitely know guys like that. And, um, you know we all do down there nigel as well who's from throne who's from just outside cookstown a little place called coke um you know that that, and we just thought for me it was always like that i would just love to see a guy like that in a kind of 80s horror scenario because i haven't seen that before um you know he's not a soldier he's not a superhero he's not they're not a bunch of teenagers you know it's it's the it's these boys who you never who are really badly equipped to to do this. Um, we just thought that'd be funny and fun.
0: And but in a weird way, yeah. Like that there's that kind of worldliness to someone who has seen it all, like yes. in there, but the thing and that that thing where it's like, okay, just another day, another rampart. we have to sort this out, that real practicality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah, you can see that especially from that generation and that northern Irish humor as well. Like it's so cutting and it's throughout, which is really enjoyable because it does break it up like there's these lovely moments of tension and then those beats are thrown in that funny like oh, that's my new pole like that was i loved that line because it was just it was just this throwaway thing where they they can just
1: oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't
0: give too much away <laughs> with the plot but they just yeah no i mean even like
1: lines like that as well i would say you know one thing to say about the casting in the film is is nigel was the in the short and was always going to be Francie. so whenever i whenever i was developing like to go back to the development thing after. Was short and we would found Nigel and cast him. And then anytime I was rewriting the script and there were a lot of rewrites, um, I could write for his voice, you know, and like so I, mean, I even remember that line. Then you pull line, I was like Nigel will kill that. Like I know I know how he will deliver that. So it's always fun for me. Like I I, I work with a lot of the same people in the crew and actors and stuff, and I, I love whenever you kind of get that working relationship going. So then whenever you're writing, you can be specifically tailoring characters and parts and dialogue to to the voice of, of the actor that you're writing for
0: and so and it is good and it, and it really really works but i'm just wondering when it co you were you paired with um u.s company i presume you've your distribution plan for the states it's not out it's
1: on, it's on shutter in america oh, it's on
0: shutter is it subtitled?
1: Yeah. Uh, you, well there, there's the option of subtitles <laughs> People are using them because I can see the comments on the on, on shutter. Like,
0: you're not alone. <laughs> like, when things yeah. go to America, because their diction is so pronounced. Like, even the way we say teas, kind of, they, they struggle to to hear that because we,
1: yeah, we yeah, yeah and they yeah.
0: have a real T. So, like, yeah. they do struggle with it. But, yeah.
1: But um, no. But the reaction in America seems, from what I've seen, like o- online and on Shutter and heard from Shutter, it seems to be very good. Like, and people are enjoying it. So, if- again, like you know, that's the great thing about streaming is the the option for subtitles are there if you need to kind of you know hear what know what Nigel O'Neill is saying.
0: Because <laughs> it is like it 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 takes the two boxes of expats and. Uh, second generation Irish people and then and then humor and horror as well so you've kind of you do have like a, a, a several audiences that you can tap into
1: yeah and I mean that wasn't by like again that's not really like that's not totally by design you know it's just like that this is the kind of ultimately it kind of comes down to I think for me and Brandon is like what is the film that we would like to see and what gets us kind of jazzed and excited and We find funny or exciting, and and that's really you know we've been lucky with these first two like to, that's what we've been able to do you know.
0: Yeah, so and and I was I was looking at your IMDb, and it's so varied. So obviously you're getting good work directing TV, writing for like again you've loads of writing credits for those kids shows and stuff like that. Just could you just give me a little bit of rundown of your own. Because you said you started off doing shorts with Brendan and kind of doing fun projects like that and then obviously got into a career section of the industry as well. So what was you how do you feel like that influenced your style and your work? Well, you
1: know, it was it, I would say. So whenever you start off and whenever you come out of film school, you know, you have to work, right? Because you can't like, I think a lot of people maybe thought, you know, especially I'm sure I did back in the 90s, like you'll come out of film school and you'll be 23 and you'll make a movie and you'll be the next Kevin Smith and, you know, you're going to make all this money like really quick. And that's obviously not how it works for the vast majority of people. So while you're kind of learning your craft as a writer and a filmmaker, you have to do other, other things to pay the rent and, you know, keep yourself. Going. So, like, I was lucky here that Northern Ireland was really started. It was just around the time that the uh, city of Amber was here and Game of Thrones was about to kind of come. So, there was a lot of work going on here. And I just, I, I was working as like a, a runner and, a, and an AD. And um, I ended up getting a job on the Northern Ireland version of Sesame Street, which was called Sesame Tree, um, which was actually really fun. Like, just, you know, to tie it to County Hell in a, in a very kind of loose way, like, I got to see and meet the guys from Sesame Workshop who built those puppets and see the, the care uh, and the craft that went into that, like, and just that level, that world-class level of how good something needs to be, like, um and uh, so, so, but how tied to kind of my, my style, like, not so much style, but I got to write some episodes of that show and other shows through that company, and what it really taught me, because at, at that point, I was just writing my own shorts and writing features and stuff. It taught me, like, professionalism as a writer you know that you have to hit a deadline and you have to take notes and you have to do dra- drafts and you have to address notes and you have to figure out what you're going to address and what you're going to you know like a job right and and that was really really useful because that kind of you know helped me with my own discipline for whenever I was writing my own scripts okay this is a job and you need to hit a certain amount of pages every day or you need to hit you have a draft ready by even if it's just for me and Brendan um, so that was that was um, probably the biggest thing that I that I learned from it
0: and what would be some kind of hard learned lessons that you would give 23 23 year old you now that you would like to go okay well just know this for going forward like that's obviously one I
1: think it's going to take a while you know um it's 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 going to take a while um I mean it doesn't for everyone but the average kind of age seems to be like for you know first time feature is sort of late 20s early 30s you know that's usually how it goes um, and you're, you're going to write a lot of, you know, bad stuff that's never going to get filmed, but you got to go through that process to, to get to it. Um, but I just never lost sight of the gold. You know, for me, it was a, there, was, there was never any point where I, I wavered from, like, you know, I'm working towards, for Brendan as well, you know, we're working towards our first feature, and we want to do it uncompromised, you know, exactly how, because you only get one chance to make your first one um so again like with that with bad day for the cut we got a like, complete control of that like it was a very low budget movie but we got to do it exactly how we wanted and went and got into Sundance and it was kind of it was a nice vindication of of, of those kind of years going through that process um so yeah
0: going into your own procedures as a director then like your own creative procedures. so you have your script you've worked on your script for years you're delighted with it you're happy to start going into production. What are the elements that you look at first? Do you go into visuals? Do you go into casting? Like what's your kind of process?
1: I kind of go into just the overall feel of it. Like like I'll sit down and I'll put like almost a book together, like a style book um, and just get an overall kind of sense of what I want the movie just to feel. It's not even like it's sometimes it's just for me, you know, just for me to look at, um, and so I can see it in my head and I, I, I know what it's going to kind of look and feel like roughly. Um, and then like, I'm, I'm crazy about prep like, cause you have to be whenever you're making low budget films for very little money and you're trying to do like stunt sequences and, and effect sequences and stuff. So I'll, um, I'll prep obsessively and I'll work with my DOP, Ryan, like, and we'll kind of, we'll literally stand in front of a whiteboard for three or four days and, and, and storyboard like in stick figures, the whole movie, and then we'll bring a storyboard artist in and develop those up and, you know work all that out so it's, it's, it's very, very clear for everyone how the movie's going to look and feel, and what the shots are going to be, and how the sequences are going to build. Um, parallel to that, the, the massive thing for me as well is casting. You know, and I, I feel like my job is way like the casting is done. And, and whenever people say, like, oh, the acting was really great, in that, like, or the, you know, great actors, director, or whatever, is I feel that. The, so much of the job is done before you get to the set by casting it right you know and just really being obsessive about thinking about every part um and watching tapes and meeting people and doing auditions and doing chemistry reads and seeing and and so i, I do a lot of that like i spend a lot of time on it and and hope that you know it'll it'll work on screen thankfully in this we, we seem to be you know lucky that we we got a cast that felt like they had a good chemistry you know both on screen and off screen so it but um, yeah, and, and then really, it's just like, it's, it's yeah, it's it's like, again, I would say to like young filmmakers out there and people who are making movies, like, especially on this kind of budget, it's don't do not underestimate the value of prep. You know, don't think that's, I mean, that's the other lesson I would say to my young self. Don't think that you're going to walk on the set and just like, I'm the director and my own genius is going to carry me through the day, you know, and everyone's just going to listen to me because it doesn't work like that. Like you just, you have to know what you're doing and you have to have it up planned out as much as possible ahead of time obviously once you're on the set you know magic happens whenever the actors there and the cameras are there and the lights and things change but you need to have a really really good idea
0: and actually working with your cast do you what's your rehearsal situation like is there much ad-libbing do you get a feel for the characters
1: yeah it just depends I guess like how much time you have and where everyone is in the world as well you know and and can you get them there so for example on Country Hell we had I got a day with Jack Jack, who plays Eugene, Nigel and Louisa. And that was just in a room reading through the script. Like we weren't even getting up and blocking anything out. It was just reading through the script and reading through their parts and talking about the characters and trying things out. And that was really fun. And that was whenever I knew like, all right, these three are gonna be great together. And then before the the shoot, you know, it was only a couple of days before the shoot where everyone from the cast was actually in Belfast. So we were able to sit down and just have a table read. and and that was it like there was no other other rehearsal um other than that ordinarily it'd be great to have a couple of you know a few more days or a week given but you just don't always get that you know especially with budget you know because you gotta pay for people to come in for a week and all that kind of thing so so you just take as much as you can get and try to use the time effectively you know and then yeah I like I let people ad lib um in something like this you know especially whenever you're casting people like Nigel or like say Mick, who plays SP, you know they have kind of such inherently funny bones. Anyway, you know they'll come up with lines or or, or, or things on the fly that are just you know hilarious, and you're better than anything I could write. So I have no I have no qualms about about that. Like about letting them ad lib.
0: And there's a lot of um like there's a lot of kind of moving parts on a shoot like this. So when was the shoot and how long was it?
1: Oh, the shoot was. Um, yeah uh, may june 2019 and i think it was hey. i think it was five weeks um something like
0: that so just before everything kicked in
1: yeah we well we finished we we finished post on it literally like the week before like kind of covid really oh, kicked out no. oh yeah we were we were we were planning to do a big cast and crew screening in belfast and then it had the film had got into tribeca yeah. So it was going to yeah. premiere at Tribeca in New York. So we had all, I don't think we had booked flights, but we had a kind of plan where, you know, there was, a, I think there was like 15, 20 of us were going to go to Tribeca and have a bit of an rip out there in New York, <laughs> but uh, it never happened, obviously. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, so the shoot was like five weeks. And again, like logistically tough because we were out in fields and, you know, you're up against weather and all that kind of thing. And you're, again, you're trying to do stunts and you have creature effects and all this, but, it was a blast, you know, the crew and the cast were, were really up for it and, you know, it makes their job easier if I, if I know what I'm doing and I'm prepared and I've kind of, you know, laid out, you know, exactly what we're doing and everyone's clear what their job is and like my, my philosophy is just hire good people, you know, make sure they know what the film needs to be, what it's going to be and then just let them do their jobs. Um, so despite like, yeah, challenge and kind of weather conditions and things like that, it was, it was still a really fun shoot.
0: And what was your best moment of the shoot and the worst moment of the
1: shoot? Ooh, um, the best moment, I mean, there were a lot, the, the, well, the worst moment was when we were shooting the, um, the scene, well, actually with the pole and that whole sequence. I enjoyed
0: um, that so much. <laughs>
1: yeah well that was like and again we had because we were shooting like you know we had four hours of darkness a night we had to shoot that over three nights and uh one night the the weather just came in the rain came in and literally rained us and kind of the wind blew us off the set like so we had to just like abandon uh the shoot And on a low budget movie you know like where every day counts that's that's tough like so that was that was harsh but we just pulled it back we got it back you know we made it work you know, our, our first AD, Craig Kenny, just managed to figure out how we can you know, keep going the next day and work, work it out. And it was, it was, again, everyone kind of pulled together. So, I mean, that would maybe be one of the best moments as well as going from the, you know, the, just how annoying that was and how we we're like, oh, fuck, are we going to be able to finish this sequence? To like everyone kind of pulling together and just being logistically smart about it and figuring out how we can get it back, you know? Um, one of the other great moments, I guess, was, you know, we, um, cause we, me and Brendan were like, we knew we we're making a vampire film, but it was going to be low budget. But at the same time, we were like, we just need to make sure that Avertac looks amazing because we, you know, the film won't work on that otherwise. Um, and so that was tough again, trying to just figure that out, um, logistically, financially, whatever. But we had an amazing makeup team, Millennium FX, an amazing actor in Robert Nairn. And so we like spent, we, we started like R&D in that and putting, putting that together way, way early in, the, in, in prep, um, that whole prosthetic suit. And then I was, we were actually shooting in the studio and Robert was there, Robert Nairn, the actor was there, and Millennium were there to do makeup tests. And um, they called me in between takes and was like, oh, you want to come see the Avatar makeup? And I was like, yeah, yeah let's go see it me and Brendan just went over to the, the cabin, the porter cabin, and, like, he was standing there in the full makeup, and, like, I literally almost started crying. Like, it looked it looked so good. We were just like, oh, my God. And, like, he walked onto the set to do, like, he had to do some green screen photos, and the whole set just went quiet. Because, you know, like, in, in horror films, and, again, it goes back to your thing about, like, you know, the horror genre and the fans and stuff, you know,
0: there,
1: ca- there can be a tendency maybe to skimp on that stuff, where, you know, ah, it'll be fine, we'll just keep it all in darkness, or we won't... You know, we'll just you know skimp on the prosthetic or whatever it is, um, and so that was we were really happy that he looked so good. Like, you know, people seem to be responding to him as well. But about how coolly he, he looks, and that's a testament to Robert's performance as well. Um, he's very, very, very creepy in the movie, even though he's the nicest guy in the world when you when you meet him in real life.
0: And so it's in cinemas now, and what and it's it's on Shutter in the US. So you're getting your feedback
1: now yeah it's much us and canada it's, it's been on there since
0: april i think
1: yeah. yeah
0: so what has the feedback been like from people the, feedback,
1: the, the feedback's been seems to be great on on shutter you know and from them in terms of like you know the numbers and all that kind of thing and you know from what i I, I try not to read too much yeah. online because you know you could go crazy just reading comments and you
0: know, all, like they're... people just not like anything for the most ridiculous. Of- yeah,
1: but also like even like whether they're good, it's always whether they're good or bad. You know, it's kind of like you can't control that at a certain point. Yeah. So you know, it's I mean, whenever there's like a really bad comment or something on Twitter, I kind of laugh. Like I, you know, I actually send it to Benny and I go, look what this guy said. Um, but you know, you can't. I, it's it's nice that people are embracing it, but it's out of my control. Now, uh, you know, I kind of focus on the next one. You know, it's like really like what's what's the next one? What are we gonna do next? Do you know,
0: so. even if people hate it, right? It actually has affected them so much that they've gone online to and which in itself is provoking a reaction and it, they have given it their full attention so it is almost in a way a compliment to it because I mean the praise like it's it's been kind of from what I have seen online it has been kind of universally praised so you will always get the odd person going well I don't like this I find it too similar to blah or whatever and that people will just have mad opinions or like just their own opinions based on whatever reason or whatever biases or whatever things they don't like, like that somebody will not like something. But like, my thing is like, even if you get those vitriolic responses, it has affected them. Like they have watched it and they've. Oh yeah.
1: And like, I kind of think of it from my own perspective as well, because there's movies that I don't like, you know, or or that I I even try not to say I don't like anymore. That just don't work for me, but that other people love. You know, so maybe in my 20s, like, you know, I would have been much more animated about arguing with movies and like, you know, you're wrong and this is shit. And I, and I like, I, just, I don't do that anymore. It's like th- that didn't quite work for me, but I know what goes into a movie now and how hard it is to make a <laughs> freaking, just even to get something, get it out. So it didn't work for me, didn't land for me, but it, it, it works for other for other people. And that's really like for the stuff that I make, I can only think of myself as the audience. And then you hope, you hope that other people will connect with it, but yeah. you can't you know you don't know
0: but it's about finding its audience and finding the people that will connect to it but they have like they the, the anything mm. that I've seen has been overwhelmingly positive but I think there's a, a good emotional truthfulness that will resonate with people like you know people I think especially in their 20s that fractured relationship with his father that sort of sense of of him finding his own path and things like that, like it's very truthful and it definitely resonates for people. But then some people just might not connect with that. And I, I think Boys from County Hell, it's so salable, it's so watchable. There's, it will like that will only kind of grow the audience. Like I know there's so much competition as well, but I just think it's just one of those films that someone will watch and they'll tell a friend and they'll watch and they'll tell a friend, like even from totally different communities. And it speaks to that, like that rural lived experience of people moving to the big city, like that's a universal experience that that would be the same for someone in rural Canada as it would be for you not know, as it is for up north and those friend dynamics, because they're so truthful and authentic that like, even though there's that kind of cheeky Northern Irish humor, like it does, it is, it does speak to people. So you can really see it reaching out. But before we go, I just wanted to say, what are the other themes that you're interested in? Like, what are the other kind of meshes that you enjoy?
1: We just really love genre. So whether it's horror, sci-fi, you know, thriller like it, it's it's always going to have an element of genre for for us like we 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 sold a pitch to legendary for a superhero film um which i can't really like give give away the details on it but it's very much our kind of take on you know that 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 genre so i don't think you'll ever see us making a rom-com maybe someday so i presume um,
0: though superhero that is a higher budget like the amount of effects need to sell that
1: yeah, like, and again, for me, you know, I'm not interested in trying to ch- not that you know someone's going to give it to me, but trying to chase some massive budget thing at this at this moment in time. Like, I a lot of the the filmmakers that I, I kind of love right now, they've st- they've went up gradually in budget, you know. And for me, like, what's most important is trying to keep as much control and keep as much of my voice in whatever movie I'm doing. And the way to do that is to to you know step up. In a, in a gradual way so like boy, yeah Bad Days for the Cut costs a certain amount Boys from County Hell costs like two times out of mind maybe the next one will be like three, four times out of mind you know it's, we're not going to be jumping in to try to do like a hundred million dollar extravaganza because you know and again not not that we're getting offered that but uh, for me it's like trying to do them incrementally bigger each time um. but keep control and keep as much of our you know keep our voice in there um as much as we can
0: boys from current in cinemas now yep. on uh shutter in the us and canada if anyone's listening from there um but yeah thank you so, thank much. You that so much that was absolutely bad. i could listen to that all that was a
1: blast that was good crack <laughs>